Back in the day when my girls were born, it was not easy to share photos and videos with loved ones, but you have a fantastic option available, the Family Album app. The Family Album app was created in 2015 and has operated in the long term to give parents a secure and easy way to share photos and videos with loved ones. It's a totally secure personal haven for your family's memories. I love that there's no third-party ads, no unwanted eyes. Now, let me share some of the great features that make the Family Album app a go-to app. First off, the app automatically sorts photos and videos by month, allowing you to swipe back in time and see how your child has grown. No more scrolling through endless feeds or searching through folders. Another cool feature about the Family Album app is you can order eight free photo prints every month to be delivered to your home. It's really nice to have some tangible pictures to hold onto or share to document each month of your baby's life. Plus, the Family Album app has unlimited storage and it is totally free. Yes, you heard that right. No more worrying about running out of space or being bombarded by ads when you're just trying to relive those heartwarming moments. So if you are still trying to use other messaging apps for your kids' photos, it is time to level up your family photo game with a free photo sharing app. Head over to the App Store today, search Family Album, it's all one word, download the app and start creating a legacy of love one photo at a time. Well, hello there, Dr. Nicole here. I am thrilled to share something incredible with you today. Imagine having a treasure trove of informative, entertaining, and empowering video content about the journey to parenthood right at your fingertips. That's exactly what you get with Informed Pregnancy Plus. For less than 25 cents a day, you'll gain access to a vast subscription library filled with documentary films, web series, mind and body fitness programs, workshops, and courses covering fertility to parenting and everything in between. A few of my favorite titles are The Business of Being Born, Empowered Mama, Belly Dance for Birth, Ease into Sleep, The Afterbirth Plan, and The Core Connection. And here's the best part. For a limited time, you can gain full access absolutely free. Just visit informedpregnancy.tv to sign up. Get Informed Pregnancy Plus right now for your informed and empowered parenting journey, all from the comfort of your home. Visit informedpregnancy.tv. Again, that's informedpregnancy.tv. This is another great birth story episode and it is brought to you today by Lansano. Welcome to the All About Pregnancy and Birth podcast. I'm Dr. Nicole Calloway-Rankins, a board-certified OBGYN who's been in practice for nearly 15 years. I've had the privilege of helping over 1,000 babies into this world, and I'm here to help you be calm, confident, and empowered to have a beautiful pregnancy and birth. Quick note, this podcast is for educational purposes only and is not a substitute for medical advice. Check out the full disclaimer at drnicolerankins.com forward slash disclaimer. Now let's get to it. 
Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to another episode of the podcast. This is episode number 151. Thank you for being here with me today. So in today's birth story episode, we have Brittany. Brittany is a first time mom who lives in Denver, Colorado, and her son was born in March of last year. Brittany was induced at 39 weeks, four days by her own choice. She ended up experiencing a longer labor. She labored for over 36 hours, ran into a little bit of a complication where she had a placenta abruption, and that ended in an unplanned C-section. So we're going to hear all of the details of that today. Now, Brittany reached out to share her story because one, as a woman of color, she wanted to share how she was able to advocate for herself, but also remain flexible throughout the process. And number two, she wanted to share that thanks to the birth preparation course, she felt fully prepared. She felt knowledgeable. She felt informed of everything about the labor process. And she really learned how to advocate for herself, especially as a black woman. Now, I have to be honest, it brings me both joy and also like makes my heart go pitter patter <laughs> in a like nervous way to talk to members of the birth preparation course. Now, of course it brings me joy because I love hearing the feedback that people say that they found the information helpful. They were ready for the things that came they w- their way. All of the lovely things that folks say after they go through the course and, and have their birth. But it, it gives me like a little bit of nervous pitter patter because I really wish that I can guarantee a specific outcome for everyone after going through the course. Like I wish I could guarantee that like, oh, you'll have that unmedicated birth or, oh, you'll have a short labor and everything will go smooth and straightforward. I wish I could guarantee things with the course, like a specific thing that'll happen. I can't guarantee that. Actually, no childbirth education can guarantee that. So if you hear anybody say that, they're lying. You can't guarantee anything with birth because it's unpredictable. But what I can 100% guarantee is that you will have all of the knowledge and information that you need so that you will understand what's happening during labor. You'll understand what's happening during birth. You'll be able to advocate for the things that are important to you. You'll know what questions to ask. You will be fully prepared. You will be ready. You will be calm, confident, and empowered, okay, going into your birth. So that I can guarantee 100%. So check out all the details of the birth preparation course at drnicolerankins.com forward slash enroll. Now, another thing that I want you to check out is the postpartum care line from this episode's sponsor, Lansano. I recently partnered with Lansano on a series of educational videos that goes along with their postpartum care line. And the postpartum care line is called Birth Prep and Recovery Products. It includes things like an upside down postpartum wash bottle, hot and cold therapy packs, which I really love those, postpartum sprays, and more. I have put my hands on all of these items and they are truly Fantastic. I can say that with 100% confidence. I especially love the hot and cold therapy packs. They feel really good, whether they're cold or whether they're hot and you can reuse them. So I'm excited to share all of those products with you today. And you can learn more about them at lansano.com forward slash A-A-P-B. That is lansano, L-A-N-S-I-N-O-H.com forward slash A-A-P-B. And that link will be in the show notes. All right, let's get into the birth story conversation with Brittany. Thank you so much, Brittany, for agreeing to come onto the podcast. I am 
super excited to have you here and talk about your birth story. Oh, thank you so much. I'm, I'm so excited to be here. Yeah. So why don't you tell us a bit about yourself and your family? Uh, sure. Uh, I um, have lived in uh, the Denver metro area most of my life. Um, I've worked uh, in the education field for about 10 years now. Um, I have been married for about two and a half years to my husband, Akeem. Uh, we've been together for six years. And we have one son who is eight months old, and his name is Isa. Love it, love it, love it. I love his name. And um, thank you. Yeah, and this is so terrible of me, but I'm like, I feel like I don't know any black people from Colorado. Like, <laughs> like it's <laughs> that's so bad. Is that <laughs> no? It's not bad. I'm originally from Dallas, actually. Okay, uh, but okay. I moved here as a kid. So got it, got it. <laughs> but it's a really beautiful area. It is. I know, like the skiing and things like that are lovely. But I've heard. I've never <laughs> skied, but okay, I've heard it's good. <laughs> gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. All right. So why don't we start off by talking about? Um, what your pregnancy and prenatal care was like, because we have to understand, I think, what that's like in order to um, talk about your birth. So what was your pregnancy and prenatal care like? Uh, my pregnancy, I would say, was pretty uneventful. Um, I had the typical nausea, morning sickness until about 14 weeks, so just shy after uh, my first trimester. Um, I did have a random fainting spell at Target, Oh, <laughs> um, which was embarrassing. I just didn't eat enough that day. <laughs> oh, did they call 911? Um, they did not, no. Okay. But they okay. were like running to get me snacks and right. water. And my husband caught me on my way down. So that was good. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. But yeah, I would say really just really tired. A lot of heartburn. Gotcha. Were the main main symptoms I had. Okay. Um, okay. So nothing terribly out of the ordinary. No, huh? And how did you feel about the care you received? Were you seeing a physician or a midwife? I saw a physician. Um, I went to a practice that had a team of OBs. Um, I purposely picked an OB who was a minority. I don't know. I feel like that's kind of bad to say. Um, no, I think it's very common that you want to pick people who you feel like you can relate to. And that's right. often one of the things that you feel like you can relate to. Right. If there's not a lot of um, black doctors at least in my area. So mm -hmm. um, I just found someone, you know, that I thought would be able to to re relate on a certain level. Gotcha. Um, I also had a birth doula. So um, that was something that was really important to me also that I talked to uh, while I was pregnant up until um, labor and nice. delivery. Okay, nice. And um, do you feel like you had a good relationship with your OB? I did. Yeah. Anytime I was worried, um, you know, if my son wasn't super like moving a lot that day. I would call and she would have me come in and check. I feel like she was really good about easing my worries. Um, she was never, she never dismissed like any kind of type of concerns I had. So nice. And that, that is always very, very important. And then, you know, it, and I was, I've always been embarrassed to say, like, I didn't realize that people, when they have a doula that, you know, that's actually a relationship that starts prenatally. I don't know why I thought they just like roll up during the birth. That's not true at all. <laughs> so, so, um, do you feel like having a doula available also as well during your pregnancy was helpful? Yes, I would say I highly recommend it. If you're giving birth for the first time, even second or third time, I would probably have one again, just to have another person to, 
to really advocate for you and just, you know, check up on you because, you know, OBs are are very busy. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. it was very nice to have that extra person. Nice, nice, nice. So um, what did you do to to prepare for your birth? Um, I originally, uh, my husband and I took the hospital birth course that they provide. Um, Mm -hmm. It was I was pregnant like a few months after COVID started, so it was virtual. Um, we found it to be very sterile. Um, so I actually had heard uh, of your course through my husband's coworker. So we ended up not going to that one and just taking yours. Yay! And- Yay. <laughs> so and hopefully your experience in the course was good. Yes, it was good. It was great. <laughs> and did you go through the course with your husband too? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. And he, did he say, I'll, I mean, you can be honest, but hopefully he found it helpful as well. Um, I think he found it helpful. I feel like there's a lot that both of us might have forgotten. <laughs> um, but it was nice to know, like we knew a lot of the terminology when we were when I was going into labor so Mm -hmm. it's definitely good not to be clueless (laughs) yeah yeah absolutely so what are some things that you wanted for your birth um originally I wanted a natural birth I know Mm -hmm. a lot of people say that (laughs) um but I was definitely open to any type of methods of pain management um just trying to give myself a lot of flexibility and a lot of grace because I know uh, that labor often goes not the way you want it to go. Um, mm-hmm. So I really just wanted to be open. I knew when I was pregnant, I did not want a C-section, um, but I ended up getting one. So okay, <laughs> just something okay. that happens. Yeah. And we'll, we'll get to that, get to that for sure. And what about any things like, um, you know, delayed core clamping or skin to skin contact or any of those things? Were those things important to you also? Yes, definitely wanted the delayed cord clamping, uh, the skin to skin, that, you know, golden hour mm-hmm. uh, were some things that were really important to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And did you talk about any of this with your physician at all? Yes, I had a, a birth plan. I shared it with my OB, with uh, my doula, with my husband, just everyone that was present knew exactly what I wanted. Nice, nice. And did, did how would... Was she receptive to that or how did she take that? I think she took it really well. She never pressured me about, you know, like doing a C-section like early on or I just felt really, um, I'm not sure what the exact word I'm looking for is. Yeah, maybe supported. Yeah, yeah. I was never, I never felt pressured to do anything I didn't want to do. I felt like, you know, there was consent, which was great. Got it. Which is important and that's how it should be. Mm -hmm. So. Yeah, yeah. Did you know that 95% of pregnant women are not getting their recommended daily intake of key omega 3s? Enter Ritual. Their prenatal contains 350 milligrams of eco friendly vegan omega 3 DHA in every serving. One of the reasons I like Ritual is that it's a female founded B Corp meaning they are holding themselves accountable to not just their company's financial health, but also the health of people and our planet. 
In addition to those omega-3 DHAs to support baby's brain development, Ritual also has choline and methylated folate to support baby's neural tube development. And the capsules feature a delayed release design to help make it gentle on an empty stomach. Why settle for a multivitamin you're not 100% sure about? Ritual was literally built on trust, so you know it's the real deal. Get 25% off your first month for a limited time at ritual.com forward slash Dr. Nicole. Start Ritual or add Essential for Women Prenatal to your subscription today. That's ritual.com forward slash Dr. Nicole for 25% off. So ultimately, if I read correctly, you decided to be induced. Is that correct? Yes, that is correct. Yeah. So what led to that decision? Uh, So it was two days before my due date. I had a couple of false alarms before um, with just like lack of movement. And so we had gone into the ER a couple of times the last uh, few weeks of my pregnancy and just, you know, Baby was fine. Everything was fine. I got sent home, which was, I mean, which was great. Uh, But the two days before um, I had, I'm assuming what I had was a high leak. Okay. Um, But I thought my water had broke. And so I called and they said to come in um, and check it out. Uh, But when they tested the fluid, they weren't really able to figure out what it was, but it definitely wasn't um, amniotic fluid. Mm-hmm. So they were like, Hey, I mean, this isn't, your water didn't break. Um, you could probably just go home. So at that point I was super defeated. I was very over being pregnant. Right. Um, I had scheduled to be induced, um, a few days after my due date, just because I know the risks of delivering, you know, past 41 weeks. I just mm-hmm. was getting a little nervous. Sure. So my doctor had came in a few minutes later and was like, hey, like, if you want to, totally up to you, you can get induced today. You can talk about it with your husband and um, just let me know. And so we decided we were already there. <laughs> so okay. we were going to stay. There was a big snowstorm in Colorado um, those few days. So we were like, that's great. We could stay, you know, through the snowstorm and, and have a baby. Gotcha. Gotcha. So she was just like, you're here, you know, I'm here. Mm -hmm. We can make this, make this work. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. So then what was your induction labor and birth like? Um, so it was very slow. (laughs) (laughs) Um, when I would get those checks, um, before I went into labor, um, I think I was one centimeter dilated and not effaced at all. So really, Nothing was happening. Um, I ended up taking, um, I think it's Cytotech. Uh-huh. Yep. Um, so I took that to kind of get things started. It had been a few hours and still barely dilated. My cervix was not effaced at all. Um, so then a few hours later, we started um, Pitocin. Okay. So that kind of ramped things up a little bit in regards to like contractions. I was starting to feel contractions um, a lot more frequently um, and ended up getting to around like three or four centimeters. Okay. So about how long, about how long did that take to get to three to four centimeters? Um, I would say probably like six hours, I want to say. Okay. 
didn't take too long. It okay. felt like a long time, but, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, but it wasn't too bad. Gotcha. So I was starting to feel contractions. I think Pitocin, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I think it makes your contractions stronger. Yes, I think it does. Intense, like people, yeah. like people, some OBs will argue with me on this, but I legitimately think that Pitocin contractions are more intense than okay. um, contractions that are not from Pitocin. So yes. Okay. So definitely was having contractions every, I think, three minutes. Um, so I went and got in the tub. Um, that's something I wanted to do. That was on my birth plan just mm -hmm. to ease being uncomfortable. So we did that for a while. Um, I used the peanut ball also um, just to try to get things moving. Um, it had been several hours after that, I want to say I went in and we got induced around 1 p.m. And by the time all that happened, it was probably probably like nine at okay. night. Okay. Okay. Still was at four centimeters. Wasn't really doing anything. Um, one of the nurses, I think there was a um, switch and shifts. And one of the nurses was like, hey, I just want to let you know, like, you're bleeding a little bit more um, than you should be. Uh, we're just going to monitor it closely and, you know, keep you updated. Let us know if you feel funky, you know, anything like that. So that was a concern. Um, went into the next day and was still at about three or four centimeters. No changes. <laughs> okay. How are you feeling mentally at that point? Um pretty drained. I yeah. was nervous about the blood loss. Um, a few hours after I talked to that nurse, um, another one came in and they hooked me up on an IV to have a blood transfusion just in case, just to, that if I needed it and it was emergency, then it would be ready to go. Oh. Yes. Um, so that was a little bit alarming. I'm sure. Um, yeah. <laughs> Me and my husband are looking at each other like, oh, like that's this isn't what we expected. Right, right, right. And was your doula there at that point? She was, yes. Okay. She was really upbeat and positive. The nurses too, like they're really great at not stressing me out, mm -hmm. which was really nice. Um, but just really just kind of stalled at four centimeters. Um I continued you know, the Pitocin, I want to uh -huh. say for 24 hours, maybe a little bit more. Whoa. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. It, did at any point, did they talk about breaking your water? They thought it broke uh -huh. and then it broke. I want to say after they did, um, started the Pitocin, then it broke. Okay. 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 Forgot about that part. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So really just after that point, it was just, I was stalled at four centimeters. Nothing was really happening. Um, they were increasing the Pitocin. So mm -hmm. I was getting more and more uncomfortable. Um, and in pain, uh, they were still um, monitoring my blood loss. Um, so it was still an issue, but not enough of an issue to, you know, make any decisions. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. And, and then, so you were on Pitocin for 24 hours. During that time, was your doctor like, hey, at some point, was there any pressure or talk about C-section or was it just like, oh, we just need to keep going? Nope, no pressure. That was something that 
I know I've heard birth stories where like, you know, they talk about C-section really early. Mm-hmm. Um, so never talked about it um, for a while, actually. Um, so we're stalled. I was getting more and more uncomfortable. They were doing the Pitocin and increasing it. And I was getting really uncomfortable. And at that point, I was like, hey, let's just do an epidural right. so I can get some sleep and try to relax. Because at that point, I was feeling really defeated. They would do the checks, and I was still at four centimeters and right. just not going anywhere. Um, so that was frustrating. Um, but once I got the epidural, like I felt a lot better. Uh, I would say shortly after that, they were getting more and more concerned about blood loss. Okay. And at that point, uh, my son was um, in distress. He wasn't getting um, oxygen or nutrients from my placenta like he was supposed to. And they were and they were noticing that on the heart rate tracing. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. So my doctor had come in and she was like, hey, I think what's going on is you're having um, a placental abruption. Mm-hmm. Um, so that would make sense, you know, for the blood loss and for, you know, my son who's now in distress. Yeah. And for those, for the listeners, an abruption is when the placenta separates away from the wall of the uterus early. So that's a process that normally happens after the baby is born. It's Mm -hmm. a natural part. It has to separate eventually, but if it separates during labor, then depending on how much of it separates, then it can start to affect the baby being able to get blood supply and oxygen and things like that. Right. Yeah. So, and I think that's pretty rare too. So I was, <laughs> was surprised. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't. It's not something that happens um, frequently. That is that is true. Mm-hmm. Um, it, you know, I feel like at this point, since I've been practicing for fifteen years, it doesn't necessarily feel rare. But it's not. It's certainly not something that's a routine or mm-hmm. expected part of birth for sure. Okay. Yeah. So at that point, um, you know, they told me that was happening, and so. Nurses just continued to monitor, you know, my blood loss, making sure I was okay, making sure my son was okay. Um, they still didn't really mention anything about C-section. I mm-hmm. think I was the one that mentioned it first. <laughs> was like, hey, maybe this is a problem, you know, like maybe I should have a C-section. Like right. I'm continuing to lose blood. And so they were like, um, you know, let's keep monitoring, monitoring you for the next, you know, hour or so. And if it's still not looking good, um, then, you know, that's what we should do. Yeah. And I know that's interesting that you say that because it's <laughs> true that if we don't necessarily have to do a C-section right away, if the baby seems to be tolerating things fine and enough of the placenta is still working. Um, but mm-hmm. it can be a delicate balance to decide like, you don't want to wait until things look really, really bad before you go to C-section. And often sometimes labor, um, oddly enough, speeds up after a placenta abruption. So that may mm-hmm. be part of the reason why they wanted to wait as well. So Right, right. Yeah. yeah. So, you um, end, so then how did you ultimately end up coming to the decision of, of C-section? Well, things actually went a little bit sideways very quickly. Okay. Um, my son was just getting worse. And he was trying to come through my birth canal, but yeah, it just, he was, his head was getting really swollen and it just wasn't, he was really stressed. Um, So it kind of turned into like, you know, we have, we need to do a C-section like as soon as possible. 
Okay. Make sure that, that, you know, I'm safe and that he's safe as well. Gotcha. So what point in time was that from when, um, you first brought up, like, do we need to think about C-section? That was probably about an hour and a half later. Okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. And then they came back to you and said, um, yes, (laughs) we, now it's, now it's time. (laughs) Yeah. Like we got to do this in 20 minutes at that point. It was the following day at midnight. So I guess, yeah, the following day at midnight. Um, so I guess our second day in the hospital. So you had been like thir- <laughs> uh, 36 hours into it at least, maybe longer. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. 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 So how did you feel when they were like, let's go ahead and do a C-section? Um, I felt relieved, but also a little bit scared. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I was more scared of the recovery from a C-section than the actual C-section. Gotcha. Gotcha. Before they had woke me up to tell me like, hey, you're getting a C-section. And my poor husband was sleeping <laughs> also <laughs> in the middle of the night. Right. So they kind of woke him up and handed him some scrubs and were like, it's time to go. <laughs> it's like not a way to wake up. Gotcha. So 20 minutes later, it was, he was, he was here. It was very fast. Okay. So there must have been some acute changes in the way the heart rate mm-hmm. looked. For them to suddenly say, let's, let's just go ahead and do this now. Do you know how dilated you had gotten to? Not that it matters, but. Um, still a four. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no changes. Gotcha. 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 So then what was the C-section itself like for you? I would say it was very like out of body experience. Like I felt like I was watching myself get a C-section. Mm. <laughs> that makes sense. Mm. It's very weird. I mean, I felt a lot of pressure. I didn't feel any pain. Um, mostly just pressure. Yeah. And it's definitely, you know, as someone who had C-sections, it's like, you know, something's happening because you're awake and you can feel something going on down there, but like you don't have any control over your movements or anything like that. So it is sort of a weird sensation. Yeah, it is. Like I remember feeling, this probably will sound awful to people who haven't given birth yet, but just like being, him being pulled out of me, I can't forget how that feels. Yeah, it, it's true. It's that, very interesting. And, and <laughs> that's exactly what happens, Brittany, is that we pull, yeah. is that, yes, we pull, we, we pulled him out. Yeah. And then, and then, and how was he when he came out? Um, he, he was, he was mostly good. He was having um, some breathing issues. Um, so they had asked if I wanted to hold him quickly before he needed to go to the NICU. Um, and I actually chose not to just because at that point I was super shaky. Um, during the C-section, I thought I was going to vomit. So I was dry heaving, like also <laughs> as, you know, they're performing, doing the procedure mm-hmm. really just felt really awful. And I didn't want that to remember like that being the first time of me holding my son. Oh. Hey, so you made it this far in the episode and I'm thinking it's because you enjoyed this podcast. Well, if that's the case, then I have a favor to ask. Creating and producing the All About Pregnancy Into Birth podcast has been one of the greatest joys of my life. I'm so grateful to have each and every one of you on this journey with me. Your support and engagement means the world to me and it's what helps keep this podcast going. But here's the thing. 
Producing a podcast involves time, effort, and resources from recording equipment to an editor, hosting fees, coordinating guests, countless hours spent researching and crafting content. It all adds up. And that's where I could use your support. I've never wanted to turn all about pregnancy and birth into a paywall. I want it to remain accessible to everyone. That's why I've set up a way for you to support the show financially if you're able and willing. If this podcast has helped you during your pregnancy, your birth, or your life, I'm asking you to consider contributing to the show. Your support will help cover production and team costs and ensure that I can continue delivering the episodes you love. So in the month of March, head to drnicolerankins.com forward slash support and contribute whatever you can. Your support, no matter how big or small, makes a significant impact. It helps us continue delivering high quality content and ensures the future of all about pregnancy and birth. Again, that's drnicolerankins.com forward slash support. Thank you so much for being part of the All About Pregnancy and Birth community. Now back to the show. So my husband ended up being the first one to hold him, which was great. Okay. We had our, our birth doula was also um, kind of doing a little photography also. So we've got a great picture of him in the OR. So the birth doula was in the OR with you. Yes. Mm -hmm. You must have given birth in a fairly progressive hospital. Yes. They have their own birth center. Um, they have their own doulas. They have, they have, there's a lot going on. Okay. <laughs> I was, I was surprised cause I didn't think she was allowed to be in the OR, but she was there. <laughs> okay. Nice. Yeah. Nice. And even under a situation when they were worried that the baby was in distress and they were still like, no, it's fine for her to be here. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And she was actually great. She had a C-section also that was an emergency. And so she was, she was really helpful. Well, that, that is exactly how it should be, mm -hmm. actually. So when he came out, did they show him to you? Were you able to see him pretty quickly? Yes, I saw him. Um, I mean, he looked great. <laughs> he was super <laughs> cute. Um, I saw him. I just, that part was a little bit of a blur with just me. I was just feeling so sick, right, <laughs> so right, bad. Right, um, right. It wasn't that like euphoric moment, you know, that you see on like mm -hmm. TV and mm -hmm. the movies mm -hmm. of like a woman giving birth. Like mm -hmm. it was nothing like that at all. So after my husband held him for a few minutes, he needed to go right straight to the NICU. Um, okay. So my, my husband went with our son and then I, my doula stayed with me. Okay. 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 And also adding to it is that it was the middle of the night as well, wasn't it? Yes. He was born, I think, at 1 a.m. Okay. On March 12th. <laughs> okay. Okay. All right. All right. All right. Yeah. So then what was the postpartum period like for you and your son? Um, I would say that was probably besides, you know, the C-section, I would say that was probably the most difficult part for me. What was difficult about it? Uh, early on, I knew I didn't want to breastfeed. Um, I just wasn't interested. Um, and I wanted to exclusively pump. Mm -hmm. Um, so I still wanted to provide, you know, the breast milk to my son. That was important to me. I just had no desire, um, to breastfeed. Gotcha. So just started pumping immediately. And, you know, once I was able to in the hospital, I started pumping just to get my supply going. And I definitely underestimated how hard, <laughs> um, it would be. I feel like any, you know, way that you go, whether it's breastfeeding or pumping or formula, like all of it is difficult. It is. And you just, 
you think you're sort of kind of prepared for it until you're in it. And then it's like, Lord have mercy. This is a lot. Right. So I pumped every three hours um, for the first two months. And I got to a point where I lost my supply. I think before I was getting, you know, a good like 30 ounces a day, which was great. Mm-hmm. Um, I have um, PCOS. So I was always told, you know, like getting pregnant would be hard. Got breastfeeding it. would be hard. Right. All these, you know, things would be hard. Right. Um, so I was really fortunate for that. Um, but all of a sudden I just lost my supply and I was doing anything and everything to, to get it back. I was power pumping, you know, I was taking, trying to eat a lot of oatmeal, just doing anything, you know, that I could read up on the internet to do. Right. And it got to the point where I was maybe getting six or seven ounces a day. Um, and I remember at the end of every day, like however many ounces I got that day, just, I don't know. I just felt like worthless. <laughs> like it was just, it was depressing me so much that I knew I couldn't do it anymore. So I had to make the decision to just, um, use formula and move them to formula. Gotcha. Gotcha. And I wish that we could like give ourselves some grace around those moments. Um, and I think as your baby gets old, and I'm sort of projecting a little bit because I went through a very similar experience in some ways you feel like a failure Mm -hmm. and all this, you know, kind of stuff, your kids end up being fine. And they're like, you know, like, they're like, I don't care. Like you fed me. Like, I really don't care. They think my daughters are like, Ooh, mommy, you breastfed us. Like, Oh my God. <laughs> you know, they're, they're at that sort of age. Like they're fine. Right. But in the moment you feel like, Oh, you just wish things could have been done a little bit um, differently. So I hope you don't beat yourself up. I say all that to say, um, you know, I definitely did in the moment, like the end of every day, I'd, I'd feel awful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I'm supposed to be able to do this. It should be shouldn't be this hard. Yeah. Um, so uh, once I stopped, you know, like making that decision was hard. Mm-hmm. And I did supplement with formula in the beginning too. I wasn't, you know, it wasn't all strictly breast milk anyway. Because um, I just didn't want to put that kind of pressure in myself. Sure. But I ended up doing it anyway. <laughs> um, <laughs> but we switched to formula and I felt so much better. Good. Good. So much better. Good, 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 good. And how long did he end up staying in the NICU? Uh, he was there I think, for about seven or eight hours. So not, not super long. Okay. Okay. Great. Mm-hmm. So he came out pretty quickly. And then other than breastfeeding, did you have any other challenges um, or breast uh, other than breastfeeding? Did you have any other challenges in the postpartum period? Definitely. I definitely had the baby blues. Um for that, you know, two, three weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, I was diagnosed with postpartum anxiety. Okay. Uh, pretty recently, actually. And how does that show up for you? Um, it's just, you know, random, like intrusive thoughts that, you know, something harmful is going to happen to him or to me, or um, I would say mostly more so centered around him, though. Gotcha. Gotcha. And what are you doing to help with that? Uh, I see a therapist about twice a month. So that has been incredibly helpful. Good, 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 good. Postpartum anxiety is so underdiagnosed. Um, We talk a lot about postpartum depression. I think we've gotten a lot better about that. Mm -hmm. But for sure, postpartum anxiety can come into play as well. 
Yeah, yeah. It was it was definitely rough. I think it took a good I mean, I'm not I'm you know, I still have work to do now, now that he's, you know, eight months. But I felt like I was in a fog probably until he was like five months. Mm. <laughs> mm. Especially with like COVID mm-hmm. and like, you know, we're still, you know, a year into that mm-hmm. at that point. And I wasn't really seeing anybody, you know, it's just like I'm a mom and that's all that I am. (laughs) Gotcha. Yeah. And then do you feel like, how did you end up getting help for the postpartum anxiety? Did you just take that upon yourself or did you get help through your doctor's office? Um, I took it upon myself. I had been diagnosed in the past with anxiety disorder. So I was trying to keep it on my radar, just trying to be super aware Mm -hmm. of, of my thoughts. So, you know, once I started to see like, it getting worse, then um, I found a therapist. Gotcha. 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 So where do you, how do you, how are you feeling now? How are you feeling today? <laughs> I feel much better. Okay. <laughs> so, you know, like some days are hard, um, you know, and some days are not. Um, but I, I, it's, it's so much better. It's so fun to watch, you know watch him grow like he's growing so fast he just started crawling which is exciting right 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 he's doing a lot of things i feel like it's gone by incredibly slow but also fast yeah yeah for sure for sure and then did you where did 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 you return to work somewhere in there i did so i worked remotely um before i had him i returned at about eight weeks but i was working from home okay Okay. So that you didn't have to deal with childcare then? No. uh, So I've been, it it was a great idea in my head when I was pregnant. I've been doing the childcare and working. (laughs) Oh, so you, Um, so you just, you just out here doing two full-time jobs. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And I thought that was a good idea. Like, oh, that'll be easy. (laughs) And it's not. (laughs) So I've got some part-time help for my mom and my mother-in-law, which is good. Okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I was good. If you don't realize how he's like, it was just a little baby, but then it's like, it's more than, more than that yes. for sure. Yeah. For sure. For sure. Well, I'm glad to hear you are, that things are better and you're in a good, a good place. Um, so then as we wrap up, what is one thing or one piece of advice that you would like to tell other women as they get ready for their birth? Um, you know, I would say, you know, just be open and flexible about labor and, and birth. Um, you know, also to give yourself grace in this time, because it is super challenging. Mm-hmm. And then really just to advocate for yourself, you know, if you feel like something's wrong. 100%, 100%. Well, thank you so much, Brittany, for agreeing to come onto the podcast. And thank you for allowing me to play a part in your story by taking the birth preparation course and, um, you know, taking advantage of some of the resources. And I'm glad you find it helpful. And I'm glad you came back to share your story afterwards. Thank you so much. Wasn't that a great birth story episode? I appreciate Brittany sharing about her her journey, her entire journey, actually, including some of the challenging parts, like when she had challenges with breastfeeding. 
When I was a breastfeeding mom, I also had challenges with breastfeeding and products from this episode sponsor, Lansino, were a lifesaver for me for sore nipples. Their lanolin cream was fantastic. So I'm really delighted to work with Lansino now as a member of their clinical advisory board and talk about their postpartum care line birth prep and recovery products. It has that upside down postpartum wash bottle that comes in so handy after birth, the hot and cold therapy packs, postpartum sprays, and more. I have literally touched and seen all of the products and they truly are fantastic. And I'm so excited to share them with you today and that they're sponsoring the podcast. So you can learn more about these products at lansano.com forward slash A-A-P-B. That is Lansano, L-A-N-S-I-N-O-H.com forward slash A-A-P-B. And that link will be in the show notes. All right. Now, after every episode, you know, I do something called Nicole's Notes, where I talk about my top three or four takeaways from the episode and a little slight change to Nicole's Notes. I am actually changing them to Dr. Nicole's Notes. And the reason that I'm doing that is because this ain't just notes and information from anybody. Okay. It's not from Nicole. It's from the doctor part. (laughs) So I am putting in my 15 years of knowledge and experience helping over a thousand babies into this world and to the things that I give you and the fact that I'm still practicing and that most of what I do is birth. So it's not just Nicole's notes. It is Dr. Nicole's notes. So let's get into Dr. Nicole's notes after this conversation with Brittany. Number one, I love how confident she was with her choices. She looked for a doctor who would make her feel comfortable, a woman of color, She was comfortable and confident about about her choice of wanting to be induced. She was comfortable and confident about not wanting to breastfeed, but she was okay with pumping to provide breast milk for her baby. And an important part of feeling confident and comfortable with your decisions is being informed, okay? So getting informed about things so you can make good choices and you're making it based on good information. One of the things that will help you do that is good childbirth education. So do check out the birth preparation course, my childbirth education option that will get you calm, confident, and empowered to make choices that work for you during your birth. Okay. Number two, I want to be clear that actually most induction is is successful. I don't want you to shy away from induction and think like, oh my God, it was because of the induction that things happen. Actually, most labor inductions, roughly about 80% are going to be successful. So do know that. And I talk about that in more detail in the birth preparation course as well. Number three, there are a lot of great OBs and hospitals out there. You just have to find them. I love how Brittany talked about how she felt comfortable with her doctor. She didn't feel pressure about things. I love how she said they had their own doulas and within their system. So they supported that model and know that it helps patients to have the best outcomes. I was actually kind of blown away by the fact that they had the doula in the operating room during the C-section and like she was taking pictures and doing birth photography under circumstance that was actually an urgent C-section. Like a lot of places would not do that because they wouldn't want to have anybody else there during sort of an emergent situation. So that was really, really different and great actually that that was a part of care. So there are great OBs, there are great hospitals out there. Sometimes you just have to do a little bit of work to find them. And then the final Nicole's note 
is, or Dr. Nicole's note, I should say, is I just want to bring attention again to postpartum anxiety. It's something that I believe I struggled with, but I didn't know it at the time. My first baby was a preemie. You know, I've talked about this on the podcast before. She was born at 32 weeks. She spent a month in the NICU. She had a rare intestinal malformation called duodenal atresia. She had surgery three days after birth. And I was really anxious when she came home. And I never felt depressed, but I certainly got overwhelmed with things that under normal circumstances weren't really overwhelming. Like I remember one time we like were driving to the doctor's appointment in the beginning of what was like about to be a snowstorm because she had thrown up a little bit. And I just thought that like the connection in her intestines that had been fixed was, was clearly like coming apart. Like there was no other reason why she would be throwing up that much. That actually was not the case, but I just want to bring attention to postpartum anxiety and knowing that that's a possibility and then reaching out to get help and resources for it either through your doctor, a therapist, community, a combination of all of those things if needed. Okay, so there you have it. Please do me a favor, share this podcast with a friend. If you like it, sharing is caring. Also be sure to subscribe to the podcast and Apple podcast or wherever you are listening to podcast. And I would love it if you leave an honest review in Apple podcast in particular helps other women to find the show helps the show to grow. And I just love hearing what you say about the podcast. Don't forget to check out the birth prep and recovery products from the episode sponsor Lansano. They are fantastic. That's lansano.com forward slash AAPB. So that is it for this episode. Do come on back next week. And remember that you deserve a beautiful pregnancy and birth. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.